Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! What's going on, everybody? We'd like to welcome you once again to the Outsider's Edge podcast. It is your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash, once again with the big homie, the partner in crime, uh, my boy Carl, a.k.a. the King Curvin. What's going on, brother? Yeah, I don't know if they should even call me King Curvin anymore because I don't even get on <laughs> where that name started. Uh, Curvin is fine. People have been calling me Curvin since before I was ever there, but the King part was an addition, so I don't know if that's... Uh, you can still call me that, Rance, because you're special, but I don't... I haven't decided. I, I call you other things. <laughs> but, I, but yeah, but I'm, I'm good. I'm doing well. Thank you. So, man, uh, we got a lot. It's, it's a very interesting week. You know, it's um, week two of the, after the shakeup. Then we have it's something going on Friday. I don't know. I, I heard it's a big show. Well, it's in the middle of the fucking day, so um, you know some of us have shit we got to do. But yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Some of us don't have shit we got to do. So, <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations. Oh, please don't congratulate me. But in, um, I'm not saying, in any other circumstance, your ass would be do would be busy too. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Graves Royal Rumble, man. It's uh this week. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get there, I kind of want to touch on something real quick. Okay. That I thought was interesting. All right. Um, so in case a lot of you listening have forgotten, WWE still does happen to be a functioning business. Yeah. Uh, Publicly yeah. traded. Publicly traded at that. Very. Thank you for saying that because, yes, that means it's a very legitimate business. It also means they have um... – they have to do certain things for their shareholders. Just FYI, the we are not the only people that matter. Just wanted to keep, just wanted to throw that out there before we get started, in case anybody forgot about that as well. <laughs> from your favorite, from your favorite contrarian smart and Mark, yes. <laughs> um, but they had a uh, their WWE business partner summit. I'm normally Carl of the two of us is the guy who's more interested in the the business finer things and stuff like that like that interests him he's mm, math he, and numbers and yeah right he's an accounting major like he does that for fun finance finance well, that's all the same shit you do numbers is. you deal with numbers and money um but i kind of wanted to point out something that and it, the reason i want to point it out is because i feel like i feel like all of our shows kind of have an overarching theme and this theme i feel like is globalization like the globalization, not only of wrestling, but particularly of WWE. Right, right. Right, because we have effectively what could be considered a WrestleMania-style pay-per-view in the middle of the Arabian Desert. So that's yeah, if that's you, not globalization, though. If you seen dog, any of the uh, stage designs and things like that, you would be, you would assume that, yeah, this is very much WrestleMania feel to it, for them at least. By the way, have you heard the rumor that, I don't believe this rumor, 
uh, there is truth into it. I don't believe this rumor, but there's a rumor saying that they got WWE got paid between a hundred and two hundred million dollars to do the show from uh, not necessarily this. I don't I don't know if that's this show or that's the deal they signed because they signed right. I think a ten year deal. Deal but, in totality. Yeah, Jesus totality, yeah. Christ, a hundred to two hundred yeah. million dollars. If, if that's accurate, that's a huge amount of money. Well, think about they got John Cena fight Triple H in the undercard. That's true. Yeah, that's so true. that might even be the opening match, big dog. Like, <laughs> so you know what I mean. Um, but before we get there, I want to talk about their globalization. So at the Business Partner Summit, you know Michelle Wilson, who's the chief marketing officer, George Berrios, who is the chief financial officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically the business head of the company, not named Vince McMahon. So, uh, and I want to shout out Chris Harrington, who who was one of the guys who runs the WrestleNomics podcast. He's the guy who uh, I'm getting information information from on Twitter. But uh, he laid out three strategic they laid out three strategic shifts that, that's going to happen in WWE over the next 12 to 15 months, which directly affects us as consumers, right? Sure. So the first one is distribution strategy for Raw and SmackDown, which effectively means the new uh, TV contract. Yeah, TV deal. Uh, which I have a theory about that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, the second one is direct to, direct to consumer, which is, I'm assuming the, uh, WWE network becoming more expanded and tiered. So, okay. you know, if you want to get just the regular content, you pay a certain amount. You want to get pay-per-views, you pay a certain amount, you know, stuff like that. Basically, so they can start really monetizing, get better. Now that it's been four years they've been doing it. Sure. And last, which probably uh, is most relevant to what we're talking about, international growth, which is going into the Eastern world, India in particular, China, and the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, so all that stuff is super interesting to me because, you know, we like, we just, as wrestling fans, as, as a fandom, as a group, we just like to say, oh, well, I just care about the wrestling, but... This stuff affects the wrestling a lot more than we give it credit for. It does. Um, so adding to that, uh, Triple H also made an appearance there, seeing as he is legitimately the executive vice president over live events and talent. That's kind of chief operations officer as well. That's on television. That's not real. Anyway, real. uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, he is Paul Levesque McMahon, so maybe. There you go. Um, but he came, he talked about global localization. This is an idea Shane had ten years ago, which he acknowledges. But um, he, I guess, he kind of revamped it, which basically means that you you know how NXT got the North American Championship and the UK title and doing this these things like that. Yeah. The original goal, not the original goal. The new the goal now is to expand into all these different regions of the world. In particular, Latin America, Europe, the Middle East, India, and I'm not going to just say China. I'm going to say Asia because Japan is a, is a part of it and the Korean Peninsula and stuff like that. But kind of like uh, global territories. Yes, global. That's exactly what it is, because he wants to build performance centers in these regions and create talent from these regions, which is why Pete Dunne is the UK type champion. So I'm sure when they build um, 2025 or whatever it is, when they build the performance center in London or the performance center in wherever it's going to be, you know, uh, 
they got their own territory. And it all feeds back to WWE. So effectively, shout out to Caleb, they're building the the new global NWA. Yeah, yeah. I think, effectively. I think um, another thing to kind of consider is for, you know, a lot of people like to come after WWE about their ratings and things like that and Vincent Man doesn't know how to run a business anymore and blah 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 and that whole that whole argument but this is kind of proof that the WWE continues to be very lucrative, very profitable because one thing businesses love to do when they make money, if they're smart, is reinvest that money into other projects. Okay. I.e. try to expand globally, build more performance centers i.e. try and tap into other inter- other markets, international things like more that. more talent. Talent costs money. Correct. So I think even though, you know, and I can understand if you have a natural, like, if you have some kind of, I don't know, disappointment with what you might be watching on TV or whatever the case may be, you still have to kind of realize that you might be disappointed, but the money's coming in. Uh, so that they're not, this isn't like, it's not a deal where, like, yeah, they might may not might not be doing the things you want to see them do, but somebody somewhere is giving them money to put on a show, whether it be through a new TV deal or whether it be through going into Saudi Arabia like they're about to do on Friday. Mm-hmm. So Vincent Mann continues to be a strategic genius. He continues yes. to find more ways to make money for his company, regardless of what you feel about him. That doesn't mean that he hasn't lost value at certain times in the WWE. Yes, they've lost value at certain times. Yes. And they make it back. That's what happens. That's what businesses do. They go through periods where they make money, they lose money. They make money, they lose money. Very few. I think you'd be hard pressed to find many companies that forever continue to make money upon money upon money. Yes. So that's, you know, that's something to consider. Um, and it's pretty exciting. I mean, I think if you, um, are a younger fan, um, maybe like I, I wouldn't even say our age, like more like a teenager in your twenties mm-hmm. and the next 10, 20 years, man, like what could be your fandom when, when you're getting into your career, if you're a teenager or a 20 year old, something right now, like 10, 15 years from now, when you're like at the, like you've gone to college, you graduate, you've got a real job and you've got money. Like you're going to be able to like go everywhere to see events. And this isn't like, it seems like that's where they're moving towards. That's the tr- not trying to get out of the States, obviously, but like, do more than they're doing right now already, which is still quite a bit Yeah, to expand to other places. They're trying to be far reaching. Uh, and I think that's great. You know, I think it's great for people who love wrestling. I think it's great for the younger fans. And I hope that it's something they can appreciate because, you know, we didn't really get all that. Like the talent crop now is just so it's expanded all over the globe. Whereas, you know, when we were younger, either we didn't realize it, or didn't recognize it due to, you know, social media and things like that. But absolutely. That's a pretty big deal. So we should be thankful that there is a company trying to make those improvements and trying to, you know, try to reach those markets. And, uh, to piggyback on what you're saying in particular about, in particular about the NXT global, global localization point, you know, uh, representation is important. And I feel like that's something that, the world has known, but United States in particular has started to uh, started to realize whether that's 
by happenstance or people are throwing it in people's faces, but recently, in the past 10 and 15 years or so, representation is important. And I realize, mind you, I realize that me and you are sitting here as the two majorities of this country, a white man and a black man. So it's easy for us to say that because we're the most notably seen group in this country. Over women, over I'm a minority, but over like other minorities, like you know, I get that. But yeah. uh for example, think about this. I have never had the opportunity to see a black a completely black, while that doesn't matter to me, but in just in general, WWE champion. Like the reason I hold people like MVP and Booker T and and Mark Henry and, and Ron Simmons in such esteem is because in Rock too, I don't want to say the Rock isn't black he is, but you know, is because they look like me. And they did things that were I wouldn't want to do. You know what I mean? So like representation is important. So, you know, you're going into these other areas of the world that for the longest we've never given credence to. But you realize that India, the Middle East and China, and Japan in there alone are probably like two thirds of the world's population. Right. Absolutely. Something, yeah. something to that. I realize something to that order, you know, at least over half, you know, you know what I mean? So, Absolutely, yeah. uh, you know, that's why the gender Mahal push, which everybody has their feelings about that, but was such a big deal for WWE because, yeah, maybe it didn't do the business they expected for it to do. But still, there is a group of kids growing up in India that saw a guy that looks just like them as the WWE champion. You know, like so representation is important. And, you know, we keep saying as fans that, you know, we're looking for the next superstar, right? Like. A big part of the, f- the fans have rejected Roman Reigns. So who's next, right? Who's yeah. to say some little some little kid sitting in, uh, I don't know, Abu Dhabi right now, or some little kid sitting in Shanghai right now, or some little kid, some little girl sitting in Amman Jordan right now? Like we don't know, but who's to say that those those aren't the next superstars of pro wrestling? Absolutely, sure. You don't know, and you can't. You can't find these things out unless you give them avenues to do that, which, oh, before I I move on, that was the perfect segue, but I want to give you my theory. I I think I told you about it, but I have a theory as to why SmackDown was loaded, per se, in the Superstar Shake-Up. Okay. Um, And this this all relates because, you know, we're talking about uh, we're talking about kind of the globalization and part of that was the new TV deal, right? Well, then this is just a theory. I had nobody said this. I haven't seen this reported. This is just me thinking. I got too much time on my hands. Uh, SmackDown loaded, was loaded with all the favorites, right? The indie faves. And of course, Braun, you know, like guys like Braun, Seth, and Finn are still on Raw, but you know, Joe and Miz and Brian's there and AJ and Shinsuke and Hardy and Almas and Sanity and all these people, right? Usos, New Day, whatever. Um, think about this. WWE's TV deal will a new TV deal was a new TV deal will be signed if not by the end of this year by the beginning of next, right? Fox has openly come out and say that they are going to give a very healthy bid. But if if WWE does move to Fox, then Raw will move to to network television, 
on Mondays, and we'll have to go back to two hours because, you know, Fox runs their news at 9 or 10 if you're listening on the East Coast or whatever, an hour yeah. before the other news. SmackDown will go to Fox Sports 1, not FX, Fox Sports 1. I challenge anybody listening to, to tell me, have you ever watched Fox Sports 1 for anything? Um, I haven't. I don't have cable. <laughs> sure. I've but, I've watched but, Fox no, Sports I'll, 1, I, but... I, I probably wouldn't anyway, so go ahead. Absolutely. I've watched Fox Sports 1 for various things, but very little. I can't count them off the top of my head. That's Bayless and Dipshit, or actually, excuse me, Shannon Sharp and Dipshit are on. Yeah, actually, they they are on Fox Sports 1, yeah. So that's probably the main thing I've ever watched on their show. And I watch most of their stuff on YouTube. But anyway, so if WWE were to go there, which is effectively over six to eight months away. Right. Uh, SmackDown going to FS1, Fox and WWE know that nobody watches that channel right now as is. SmackDown going to WWE, going to Fox Sports 1 would be to help bring that channel higher, higher ratings. Sure. <clears throat> Nobody's going to follow if they don't care what's on SmackDown. Right. Counter so, to that fear, though. Yes. Another counter. In reality, you say that, and the people who don't agree with you are going to say, oh, well, they know nobody watches Fox Sports 1, so they're going to keep Daniel Bryan on SmackDown on Fox Sports 1. They're burying him because nobody's going to watch. So, well, no, there's truth to that. But here's the thing that fans don't like to believe, which is why, truth be told, let's keep it real. We keep it 100 on the show, right? I guess. Keep it 100 on the show. The reason Bryan didn't get the sustained push immediately after SummerSlam 2014 or 2013, whatever year it was, was because nobody bought the damn show. <laughs> yeah. This is this is these are facts. I'm not making this up. I'm not saying this to be a hater. Nobody has bought, and WrestleMania doesn't count because WrestleMania sells itself, right? Regular regular pay per views. Daniel Bryan was on that he headlined as the champion or fighting for the champion. In the marquee match on that show, or one of the two marquee matches on that show, people did not buy. These are facts. Go look. They did not buy. This is a fact. This isn't something that can be disputed. This is a unmitigated fact. So Only facts here. Only facts here. We have opinions, but they're backed by facts. <laughs> so, with that being said, you want you want to prove that Daniel Bryan's the most the, the, the true star of the company? Go watch, go watch Fox Sports One with him on it. That's proof. Cause if they can get twos and threes on Fox Sports One, Vince gonna notice. No doubt, yeah. And th- this is just you. this is just what it is. Vince is gonna notice. So mm-hmm. that's a challenge. But now they've loaded the show to where fans don't have to say, "Well, damn, I just want to see this one guy. I want to see the whole damn show." That's so maybe true. I yeah. will give it my maybe I will give it my watch. Yeah, in order to watch those guys that you love so much, you're gonna have to go over to Fox Sports One. There you go. Yeah. That's what business. That's that's the and you can you can talk to this better than I can. Accessible regardless. It's yeah, it's gonna be on. It's gonna be on Fox. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be on broadcast TV. If that deal goes through, yeah, it'll be on Fox. I mean, that's kind of you know, which yeah. I kind of assume it will. If it, if they bid enough, I mean, USA Network, which is NBC, NBC Universal, will yeah. have to shell out a ton of money to keep them, most likely. You know. The only thing that's going to hurt Fox is Fox and ESPN are doing a joint bid to keep UFC. Right. So 
that will hurt them because they won't have that huge flush stack of cash, but the joint bid allows for them to still have enough to throw an offer out. That wouldn't be insulting. You know, like I think they're making three fifty now, something like that. So, yeah. they, so you you if I'm Vince, I'm not accepting anything less than four. Four hundred. Sure. Yeah, I'm not doing well, it. Well, he he knows those numbers that he wants better than we do for sure. So absolutely. And while we're talking about this, just want to say in terms of ratings, I realize ratings are down, but you understand that ratings are down, yet they're always number one or number two in the demographic in their time slot. So. It's not like ratings are down and nobody's watching the show. No, people aren't watching like they used to, but more people are still watching that show than on any other show that night, right. except for yeah. what the other Love and Hip Hop and Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, it's like, I mean, everything is suffering as far as TV. We've discussed this before, like you know, as a medium, TV itself is dying. Yeah, um, just just cable TV live. is dying. Yeah, cable people don't have time. A lot of people DVR shit. People don't have time to just sit around and. We just don't. We're busy people. Where I mean, if you if you live, especially if you live in the United States, I mean, people will tell you this is one of the busiest countries, if not the busiest. Yes. In the whole world, man, we're busy all the time. We ain't got time to do shit. We got kids. We got whatever other things we want to do. So it's just you know. Yeah. And it's not just busy, Carl. It's not just busy. People want options now. Yeah, sure. That's what it is. That's that's a big part of it too. People want options. So like, I have uh, AT and T Uverse. Yeah. And I'm fairly happy with it but if for example uh major league wrestling uh they have a brand new tv show that started this past friday uh maxwell jacob freeman is on the show and mvp and shane strickland just won the title beating matt riddle like they're up-and-coming company that start trying to do some stuff right if i wanted to watch that show i'd have to upgrade my subscription to get that channel whereas if i was if i cut the cord i could just look at the channel Options. Yeah, Options. Absolutely. I get it. Um, but yeah, I just want, I want to talk a little business because I found that interesting, especially considering we're about to talk about a, a, a WrestleMania level pay-per-view in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So I just thought that was an interesting way to kind of. Yeah. And whether or not it. this was solely a business decision or if anything else had been. We're going to get to that. We're yeah, going to get to that. That's later. And I, I definitely, uh, I want to talk about that, but we're probably both going to jump on that, but yes. Yeah. Uh, so man, I guess we kind of got to jump on the show, right? Yeah, we need to talk about the card and throw out some predictions. This is the the prediction show is the one show where we are a little bit like everyone else. We got to give some predictions. We got we got to make sure we're right and wrong. And you know, now that we're starting the outsider's edge between the two of us, we should we should start keeping track of um, how we did and compare each other to, at the end of the year. Do we have to? My ass, dude. It's gonna be so bad, but it'll be fun. <laughs> Do we have to? We don't have to, but we should. Yeah, we should. Okay, I'll I'll write this down eventually. It'll make a good talking point uh, for the next show. God, why'd you go like zero and eight on your predictions, Rance? Oh, I didn't. That was you, Carl. My bad. <laughs> but see, so, now you're gonna make me actually have to really think about my predictions. Well, I want you to think about. It. I want. You I to always think about what my they predictions. Hear, yeah, right? I always think about them. I'm just talking now. Uh, <laughs> so now, so now when we do predictions, in order to continue with our idea of um, being different, we just frame other things around the predictions, like what we just did with the business. So this is, yeah, uh, that's our new that's the that's the business model for us. Oh, on the prediction show, keep Everything with the theme, bro. Is, I know, right? Okay, 
So let's let's jump in, man. You got the card. I know you have the card in hand because you know I, I do. So. so there are seven championship matches. Yeah. And ten ten matches on the card, and we're gonna start with the one match that has no step, that has no title, and that match is John Cena versus Triple H. This is what we're starting the card with. Eh. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, Kurt and Jerger, right? I'm sure they. I'm sure they'll make the pre-show sometime. <laughs> um, you know what's interesting That'd to me about this? Right. Ahead. If they put that on the pre-show, I would die. <laughs> you know what? Uh, what's interesting to me personally about uh this whole this match in general is that. This will be the first public appearance John Cena has since he and Nikki divorced. Has that hit you yet? Not divorced, but broke up. Had to hit you yet? Divorced. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that because I couldn't give a flying shit about these well, guys' personal lives. But I get what you're saying, yeah. But here's why it's relevant. Because every single person close to John, and call me, call me naive, but I believe this. Has said that he is personally and personally legitimately wrecked by Nikki leaving him because he never expected it. See, I thought John left her. That shows you what I know. Well, no, that that was the original, that was the original report. But what what the truth that's come out is that John was kind of being a little bit of a dick. Uh, you know Shocker. that he was right. He has some of those qualities, but he was starting to kind of not kind of second guess you know because remember he was against marriage all the, for all these years and was kind of making Nikki kind of feel like you know I'm doing you a favor by 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 marrying you right. and Nikki was like look I don't need your pity either you're with either you're in 100% or you're not and I guess she didn't get the answer she wanted so she was like I gotta take care of me and to her credit she, I, I can't think of a woman and or a person I'm not gonna say a woman you know but a person in a public relationship that has made more concessions for their partner than Nikki has for John Cena. It's pretty crazy. But so, I, I can I have a theory as to why John decided to make this his first public appearance. Well, he didn't decide to make this. This was booked well, like three yeah, months ago. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, let's in kayfabe. Okay. Theory. Kayfabe. It's going it. to sound, sound really bad. So if you decide to edit this out, I'll completely understand. It's That's not going to be edited, bro. You already started. To, to me, it's still funny, and I'm going to really piss some people off. But the reason why John has decided to show up at the greatest Oh, shit. Rebel, I know what you're talking about. Nikki can't chase his ass down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she can't be there. So she ain't got to worry about any repercussions. And she it's not going to any repercussions, yeah. And it's not going to be – it's going to be women there, but not a tremendous amount of women. So he, he can't be hated. Yeah, exactly. He's all, it's good. No worries. Oh my god, this is horrible. Um, all right, so you know this is there's no stakes. This is just kind of a standalone event, standalone match. Cena vs. Triple H. Um, at one point, this was the main event of WrestleMania 22. Um, they had a good feud. Uh, they have chemistry together. What you think? Who you think is going to win? What do you think is going to happen in the match? Well, I mean, I, I figure the match would be pretty standard. I mean, I don't like. There's nothing. This is one of those, like we were talking about before we started, standalone kind of thing. There's no, there's no build. Yeah. There's no feud. Yeah. It's just Triple H, who is, by all accounts, like a god in the Middle East. 
Middle East and all East, yes, 100%. Uh, so, I, so I think he's going to win the match. Um, I, I just would be like, to me, it's, I know this, don't get, I'm not trying to compare the two. So before you, any of you fuckers jump on me, it's a lot to like how gender and Triple H had their match where everyone's like, oh, the whole idea was gender's going to go over, you know, where he, nobody goes over where they're from, first of all. But yeah. like the whole, but it's kind of similar to that. Like Triple H is the man in that place for whatever reason. And even though John Cena is a huge draw in the States, I don't know his drawing power across the world. Uh, but I would still say Triple H is going to win just based on that fact. I mean, I don't have much to add about the match because I assume it's going to be pretty standard. I would expect it to be a slog and like because there's no story here. So and I'm that's standard a, Triple H affair. Is They're yeah, pretty low. It's going to be a standard Triple H match where he's going to have to – like they're going to have to tell – there's no story to tell. I don't, I don't, I don't know what story to tell here. So we'll just have to see. Uh, but I do think Triple H will win. I think it, this is mostly just a, the people love Triple H there. Here's Triple H in a match. <laughs> yeah. High profile guy. That's my thoughts on it. Plus, I don't doubt the the royal family asked for him to wrestle. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, sure. Over under, ten finishers total in the match. I'm oh, I'm only well, counting well, AA. I'm only counting the AA and the pedigree. And the pedigree. Okay. Over. over under, that's too much. That's too much. Over under five. Over under five. Total. Five. Can you put a half on it so I can kind of. Okay. Over under half. five and a half. Over under five and a half. Uh, I forgot you're a gambler. So yeah. Yeah, I'll go under. I'm going over, bro. This is going to be an epic for all uh, epic for all proportions, and not epic like we're gonna remember this as one of the best matches of all time, but epic style in that oh I'm gonna hit you with a million finishers and I'm gonna kick out a million times. It could be, yeah. You might yeah. be right about that. I'll just go under for the sake of, I don't know. I don't. I feel like I'm just gonna piss a bunch of people off, which I don't care. But Duh, if Cena I'm, loses to one pedigree, I'm gonna die, bro. <laughs> um, pop, pop, pop. You know me. I'm a Triple H guy, so that's fine. I uh, so everything in me says John Cena's gonna win. Conventional wisdom says John Cena's gonna win. Yeah. I, I I also gonna say Triple H, and the only reason I'm saying Triple H. Is <laughs> this is horrible? But because I am in a, uh, both of us actually are in a predictions group with some of our friends, and I already picked Triple H to win, so oh, I'm okay. trying to be consistent. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you can change it on here if you want to. I'm not going to tell anybody. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a man of my word. Plus, I feel like similar to what you said, Triple H is king over there. No pun intended. Um. <laughs> You know, the royal family, right? Hey, you know, I, I have one every now and then. Uh, but I do feel, I, I feel like, plus there's going to be some surprises on this card because Vince is one to always consistently just go back and follow. I study Vince's book and like people, like you study finance. He always throws curveballs on big shows. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, man, it could be. We'll see. So uh, we're gonna move on to the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match, and every Ooh. every interest I had in this match died when the Lucha Mosquito Kalisto won the Gauntlet match. First and foremost, I need I need to vent for a second. Oh wait, hold on. Before you say that, yes, because I think you just informed me I did not know what the match was going to be. Is is it Cedric Alexander versus Kalisto? That yes. Match? Okay, so, thank you. I did not know. I did not know. I, I think I know all the other matches on the card. But <laughs> so 
Yeah. Well, this match wasn't set until last night. Oh, Be- so there you go. I don't watch 205 Live very right. much. Right. So. But the problem was Buddy Murphy got the, got the shot, but he didn't make weight. Right, right, right. So I they did. That. I think I right. hearing something about that. So they did a gauntlet with Mustafa Ali, TJP, uh, Drew Gulak, uh, Kalisto, and... Tony Nese. Oh, Tony Nese, yes. And Kalisto won, which is the last person that should have won, but more power Lucha, to him. Lucha, Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please. Not, no. <laughs> you love Lucha. You love it. Yeah, I'm the biggest Lucha fan in the world. Um, But why you the only thing so okay why you wouldn't rerun Ali Alexander is perplexing to me and the only thing I could think is maybe there might be an issue with Ali being Pakistani in the Saudi country that's the only thing I could think I don't know this for a fact but there's no reason why you wouldn't rerun that then Gulak is the best character in the entire brand why would you run that I don't get why of everybody available you pick Kalisto well, I mean, well, especially, and I was gonna say, I was gonna say, well, they got Rey Mysterio for the for the Rumble later in the day, and then in the show. Bro, Rey so ain't gonna gonna have nothing to do with the cruiserweight division, bro. I guarantee you, he no, he no, no. he's, he's, he's too over. By that was like I was gonna say at first, I was gonna say, well, maybe they just wanted some the the oh a lucha contingent guy in a mask or whatever. Yeah. Thing, but they got Rey in the Rumble, so maybe that I don't I don't know. It's Kalisto, and Almas will be there, so. Yeah, you know, for some reason they just love them some Kalisto, man. I, I don't know, whatever the you don't like him. He blocked me on Twitter, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like is it wrong to say I'm jealous that you got blocked? Mm, well, see, I'm a little bit more. I I believe someone. I believe I tweeted something about. Remember when Braun Strowman threw him in the dumpster? Oh, yeah, you said he's trash, yeah, okay. Yeah, I believe I was like, this is where he belongs. You know, I just I yeah. said something I shouldn't have said, and then, yeah. you know, I mean, I, not that I shouldn't have said it, but. Sure. I think, he, I think he vanity searched me, man, because I don't tag Kalisto in shit. I want to tag Kalisto. Some people like, do that. Cody Rhodes is very notorious for vanity searching, but, okay. That's true. We both, so I'm pretty sure we both believe, we're both sure that Cedric's going to retain here, right? Yeah, I don't see any shock here. Why, I don't, I mean, I, I figure the match will be fine. Uh, yeah, Cedric wins. Cedric's sorry, gonna sorry win. We don't have much to add, people. Like these, some of these matches are just so all right. Here they are. Well, this is the only one to me that's just all right because it doesn't make any sense. But I'm at the book. I don't have the book. Um, so Cedric's gonna win, and Kalisa will do some flippy shit. We'll move on with our, we'll move on with our day. So I'm kind of interested. In, I was always interested in this match because I love both of these teams, but especially with the new layer they've added, the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship between the Blood. I'm sorry, Luke and Eric Bludgeon, as I'm calling them now, since they're the Bludgeon Brothers, right? Luke and Eric Bludgeon. Yeah. Uh, versus the Usos, and um, so the whole story of their feud has been, you know, the Usos are the best in the business, but the Bludgeons are just they're bludgeoning their way, pardon the pun, through the division, and nobody can touch them. I'm look, I'm hey, you you shoot it, and sometimes it makes it, sometimes it, sometimes you miss, right? Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but the the wrinkle added wrinkle with Naomi being scared for her husband's life, effectively, right. and uh, Luke kind of like 
messing with her on Twitter and stuff, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and so I, I feel like that's added a different dimension to this now because now the one thing, and I mentioned it with Jordan this morning on the morning show. Think about this. Naomi can't be at the show to, uh, Friday, right? Right. I was going to say, like, she can't be there. She can't do much for him this time. And if you watch SmackDown, two, last week, she stopped them from, from a beatdown. Yeah. This week, she interrupted the match and caused them to lose a match. Yeah. The Bludgeons are going to be out here to, for blood, dog. They're about to try to kill these boys. Yeah, I see you trying to sneak in another blood. The Bludgeons are out here for blood. Okay, see, I, that was no purpose. But okay. since you said it, it's pretty good, right? That's terrible. All right, okay. so, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, and um, once again, this is another one, like, Bludgeons just won the titles. Doesn't mean the Usos couldn't win them, but given everything that we've seen, where essentially the Bludgeon Brothers have done nothing but just show dominance over everyone, and now Naomi's not there, going to be there to save them, save the day. Yeah, to kind of hold them back or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I mean, I see this going the same way. Kind of feel like the Bludgeons might, I mean, the Usos might die in Jetta. I don't know. Well, I hope not. I like them. Like. Like Joe said about Roman Reigns, they he's, they're gonna get buried in the Arabian sands in the sands of the Arabian desert. Yeah, that was such a great line, dog. <laughs> Paul Heyman said that Roman was coming back in separate boxes, like yes, <laughs> we're emo Roman, right? But anyway, like uh, yes, it's very very morbid about Roman Reigns right now. Um, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bludgeon Brothers to win. I I, I feel like they've I feel like the Bludgeon Brothers most likely are probably going to be on a collision course here pretty soon with the bar, assuming the bar don't win the titles. Well, that's we'll next. So, yeah. That. We'll talk about that. Um, so, yeah. I am going to – of course, the Legends are going to win. But I feel like this match is ripe for a run-in. And I am I'm going to – I'm going to predict, um, even though I don't necessarily believe it, I'm gonna predict Sanity runs in in this match after the match is over. It makes their kind of makes their first appearance on television. Okay. That way, there's something to so there's a talking point going into SmackDown. Naomi could care for her husband because he was murdered, and uh, <laughs> and Sanity can make their debut with some actual heat, right? Would that give them heat though? That'll give that'll give them heat with the bludgeons. Yeah, okay. I and the worst thing the worst thing you can do to a new the worst thing you can do to a new debuting uh act or well act a group can be an act is to not have something for them to do immediately. Yeah. Right? Sure. You don't want them to be aimless. The only person that can be aimless is No Way Jose because that's the point of his point is to be aimless. Yeah. But even he got funny. something to do. Yeah, but he got something to do, right? So Sanity can't just debu- can't just debut and then fight, you know, and then just fight random jobbers. Like they gotta have something to do. Absolutely. Their whole point is about chaos and right and anarchy, so they gotta yeah. have something. I would I would like to see that. I think it'd be a good way to debut them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, it's a three man team. Yes. The Legends have been just destroying all their two men competition. Well, so, New Day three man team, but yeah. But that kind of yeah, it kind of adds a, another layer there. Uh, if you if you take the eye test, 
Sanity standing across the ring from the Bludgeons. They look like they can stand with them. Plus, they're crazy enough to deal with what the Bludgeons will do. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Moving on to the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships, and this has been also added a nice wrinkle. The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro, versus the Deleters of Worlds, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. (laughs) I I don't know if you got a chance to watch SmackDown yet, but the Bar mentioned... I have. Okay, so the Bar mentioned that... If they do win the Raw Tag Team Champions, Championships at Injetta, they go back to, to Raw because the holders are property of Raw. Okay. Which, yeah, so, we had, we had, that was one thing we had talked about before. Yes. Is that it felt like it would be predictable that you move them to SmackDown. So, obviously, Bray and Matt were going to win. Uh, but we That's so obvious no more. Maybe getting two matches out of this. Uh, two matches. Way, well, I mean, we could if the bar were to win the titles in Jetta. You know, for you may have them. They may do a rematch at Backlash or something like that. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking and about two matches you, that night. I was no, like, no, no, Ooh, no, no. Okay. And then and then send the bar back to SmackDown. So there's a lot of different ways you can go here, which is good because that was one thing that I had had taken issue with was like, and they do this a lot at WrestleMania where they do a lot of rematches. This isn't a rematch, but they do a lot of like matches that you kind of feel like you know what's going to happen for the next pay per view. And I feel like th- there is a reason behind that. I'm I'm sure, but um, so this adds a good wrinkle and I like that. And I hadn't thought about that. So I'm glad to see they did it. And I'm not, it really gives my prediction, makes my prediction tougher. Good. Because, you know, I feel like there's gotta be a couple of title changes here. I'd be surprised if the whole show turned out to be everyone retaining. So that said, I'm going to take the bar to win. I, I, I hate you, man. I feel like uh, now that doesn't mean they're going to keep them for very long. No, it's that's that's my prediction too. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to win them, and so we're going to have to wait a little longer on seeing the Bar versus the Bludgeon Brothers and the Bar versus the Usos and the New Day. Even though we've seen some of those, but you know we're going to have to wait to see those again because that's good shit. Uh, plus, not to mention we talked earlier about SmackDown's tag team division is fire Stack. right now yes so if they want to keep if they want to say ah we'll keep the bar on raw maybe you make a call an audible there but i do think ultimately we're getting to matt hardy and bray getting those titles at some point um but yeah i think i think adding that in is a good element there for the bar i think they'll i think they'll win the titles uh i say the bars win the titles too but i will say uh and the reason of course is the raw tag team division is pretty not I'm not going to say it's not good it's not established Um, because clearly Drew and Dolph are going to be great together Matt and Bray have been good together like there's like you know the Mr. Raj is trying to do something like they have they have some groups there that can do some stuff but they need an anchor team what I would like to see happen is whether they win or whether they lose or well if they lose and go to Smackdown I guess what I'm trying to say is what I'd like to see is eventually I'd like to see this cause them to split. Okay. Because I, I don't want to say they've ran their course, but the time I feel is ripe for Cesaro and Sheamus pushes again as singles guys. But, you well, know. Cesaro for sure. I don't know how. I don't – because I, I love Sheamus. You know that. But I don't yes. know. I don't know because the split will be with Cesaro. I don't know how well – the fans are going to gravitate back towards another Sheamus singles push. You know, Cesaro is someone you can definitely see 
with how much he's loved. But Sheamus, is, he's kind of been – he was dead on arrival on a few of those pushes back when in the League of Nations and some of that other stuff. So it's kind of – Yeah, yeah. So it's a tricky one. It's tricky. I just, Cesaro's so good in tag teams. It's like sometimes yeah. you just have your guy that that's what they do. Well, you know? that's, that's, that's what's held Dolph back all these years is Dolph is so great at selling and losing. Yeah. He does it tremendously. So while you want to push that guy and give him something different to do, mm-hmm. why would you when he does that so well? I know it. You know, so it's a really oh, yeah. hard thing to, and it's kind of even to a smaller extent, Daniel Bryan has the same quality. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we both got the bars. So there goes another one. So let's move on to, it's a little interesting that they're going to have a WWE United States Championship match in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, but, you know, it's what it is. It's all good. It's all good. The United States champion, Jeff Hardy, facing Carl's favorite wrestler, Jinder Mayhall. Yeah. The modern day. <laughs> Clive called him in their, in their, uh, in their podcast today. Clive called him the modern day memory gland, uh, what was it? <laughs> it was something really, really like messed up. Well, it sounds like Clive can kiss my ass. <laughs> so. Uh, oh man, hold I'm on. Tired the... I'm tired of this. <laughs> Bro, I was dying. Um, the modern day memory gland enhancer. <laughs> I like it. Not it's pretty good. Me off. It's it's messed up, but it's pretty. Look, a plus for creativity. Um, the interesting thing here is the looming threat of whoever wins has to debut, not debut, but has to wrestle Randy Orton at Backlash. And I feel like that's super interesting, even though Randy Orton isn't particularly interesting, because I don't want to say this match doesn't matter, but there's a question of, are they really going to rerun gender versus Randy? Which is something you know Vince would love to troll the fans with and do again. Or are we going to run Jeff versus Randy again, which is probably one of Jeff's defining uh, views in his career. Yeah, it is. So, you know. Okay, I have a couple thoughts on this. Okay. First of all, I know everyone loves Jeff Hardy. Yes. I I understand that. So I'm not going to sit here and, and bag on the fact that he's getting a singles push in 2018. As much as I feel like it's a waste of time, I, I, I just don't like, I'm not going to get hardcore on that, okay? Because it is what it is, and people love Jeff, and I understand that side of it. However, Mm-mm. I feel like, and this is, remember, this is personal opinion. I like how sometimes that with the with the two mid card titles, with the main mid cards between the IC and the US, mm-hmm. I like how you know they flip them sometimes from show to show mm-hmm. during the shakeups. So I personally. And this is just me being kind of old school and liking that old school heel heat kind of thing. I personally think that Jinder Mahal should win the match, have the U.S. title on the, on the A show, which is Raw, whether you like it or not. And I, w- I think that would be good for him. Uh, Jeff is Jeff. Whether Jeff holds, especially the U.S. title, they, they gave, he won. He became a Grand Slam champion, right, by winning the U.S. title. He became an official Grand Slam champion, even though he's won every other title ever created in the history right. of that company. Right. Before that, so, but yes. So this was kind of, you know, okay, he's Grand Slam champ, won the U.S. title. 
But Jeff's one of those guys. Like, just because him having a championship doesn't really matter. I mean, he's Jeff Hardy. Um, although I'll say this, I'm not really interested in seeing Ginger and Randy wrestle again at Backlash. I'll be more interested in seeing Randy and, and Hardy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of back and forth on what I want to see, mostly because Randy is the most disinterested human being in the world. Absolutely, like I know that I know that Jeff Hardy will work hard, even though he's stiff as a board these days. And I know that, <laughs> and I know that Jinder Mahal will work hard, as it's yeah. been shown by the immense improvement. Whether you want to call me a gender truther or not, yes, I'm truth. talking to you, wrestling wash. Um, <laughs> hi, but, Caleb. Yeah, hi, Caleb. So. I feel like my prediction on this match is Jeff Hardy. I, okay. I, but I would like to – I think the right call is to, is for Ginger to win, to carry the U.S. title on Raw and do that whole deal. But, hey, he can't win matches right now, so I don't well, know. Well, I was, I was going to get to that. They are clearly running something with Ginger. Uh, in that um, his character is being kind of brought back to um, kind of being humbled again. Back to reality, yes, is a good way yeah. to put that. Um, which, of course, is going to lead to something different Something different for him, sure. But, uh, you know, he was embarrassed by Noah Jose. He lost the title on his first night. Chad Gable beat him with the Bret Hart roll-up. You know, so something's going on with him. So I don't see him winning this match. Yeah. But one thing you said I disagree with. You said that there's not a lot of interest per se from you with Jeff Hardy being a champ. Yeah, I think you're missing the major issue, major point of Jeff Hardy being champion. We haven't seen Jeff Hardy be a single champion in over seven, eight years. Yeah, I get that. So there's an interest of seeing this guy who, regardless if you hate him or love him, however you feel about him, you cannot deny that there is a level of excitement that is in the air whenever he's out. In the ring or coming out to the coming out in the arena, sure. yeah. um, you know, and of course, I don't want him to be the modern day. No disrespect, but the modern day Rob Van Dam, which in doing the same things he's done his whole career with no change. There's no disrespect to Rob Van Dam, but 25 years of the same thing, like it gets old a little bit. Sure. Um, but uh, moving into, and I feel like the Jeff feud. With Randy, with Randy Orton is going to lead to Randy turning heel, which is where he shines. Okay. So I got Jeff too, for a number of reasons, uh, but most particularly concerning the match, Jeff versus Randy, I think, is a bigger match right now than Gender versus Randy. I would, yeah, I would agree with that, and and you know, it's not. Once again, it's no disrespect to Jeff. I'm, I'm, I will not say that I am like a huge Jeff Hardy fan per se i love the hardy boys i never was crazy about jeff or matt by themselves that much and that's you know it's, it's that's just me um that's just my personal feelings sure um but i think you know it's interesting because it brings me to a point here that i, I want to make and i like doing this because it gives me an opportunity to out to out people on their bullshit sometimes please yeah. do this is what this is the platform for that how old is jeff hardy Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, how old is Jeff? Let's you want me to tell you exactly? Yeah, give me an exact age. I'm guessing around 40, 38, 39, 40 years old. That would be my guess. Make your point, and I'll, I'll tell you as I'm pulling yeah, it up. so while we're talking, while he's looking that up, there's this, we're always bitching about about making new stars. 
and and new guys winning championships and making big moves and getting pushes. And yet here we are. He's 40. He's how old? 40. He's 40 years old. He'll be 41 this year. 40 year old man who is, I wouldn't call him a nostalgia act, but his best years are past him. Sure. And we're all about this. Oh, it's the enigmatic Jeff Hardy, the swanton bomb and the stupid facial hair. Like, the stupid facial hair. (laughs) It's it's stupid. Okay. But like, it's interesting. It's enigmatic. Right. So listen, just as you've said many times before on this show, um, an SM, former SMC, whatever. Every podcast I've ever been on. Yes. Be consistent. If you don't want to see old guys taking away spots from young guys, I don't want to hear you being all like, oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy. Woo-hoo. Like in reality, in theory, you should be rooting for Jinder Mahal, who's like 30 years old, 31 years old, a very, very young. young man. Yes, compared to winning compared this to match. Him, yes. But you don't because you think he's trash. So you'd rather see Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton have another match at Backlash and their combined age of 70-something years old. So No, 80, because uh, Randy, I think, is 39 now. Yeah. Good God. Like, just saying, the mid-card used to be where we built the young guys, right? That used to be what we did. with the, We want the younger guys winning the mid-card titles as they work their ways up. And now, nope. So I just wanted to make that point real quick. Also, want to add to that, the other person involved in this feud who had a match with both of these guys in the past two oh, weeks, yeah. Sheldon Benjamin. Sheldon Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. so, yeah, good yeah. point. Very good point. Um, everything you say is absolutely right, but I will say that there is a bit, there is a level of interest about Jeff being champ, hopefully not long, because it's been so long. This definitely isn't, isn't, isn't something I expect to see going in past SummerSlam heading into Survivor Series. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing either. And I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just poking the bear a little bit when I but say things like that. You did as right. Be, yeah, be consistent. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so speaking of that, I'm very curious to know where you stand with this next match. The, probably what might be the show stealer of the match. Show stealer of the card, rather. The WWE Intercontinental Championship ladder match with Four of the best in the business. Seth Rollins, the champion, The Miz, Finn Balor, and to make, to throw the wrench in all the plans, Samoa Joe. Yeah. What you think? Well, what I think is, if I I feel like if Jeff Hardy's keeping the title on SmackDown, I feel like someone from the Raw side is going to win. So that eliminates Joe and Miz. What's that? That That eliminates Joe Joe and Miz Miz. effectively. Well, continue, yeah, because I have a theory. But if you want my honest opinion, uh-huh. I feel like the Miz should win the title back. No. That's my personal opinion. No. Not for any other reason other than just because I don't think Joe should win the title. So okay. I, I really – the reason why I say that is because he's about to have a little a little whatever with Roman before he stays on SmackDown for a while. And Joe, to me, is going to be – he's already proven himself to be main event caliber, world championship, universal championship talent. On Raw, mm-hmm. I mean, he feuded with Brock Lesnar this time last, or you know, this time last year, basically, for the Universal Title. Mm-hmm. I just don't see any reason to have Joe's Intercontinental Champion when he could honestly immediately be inserted into the World Title feud. Sure, immediately, as soon as the Shinsuke AJ stuff is over, even if it's not over. 
Samoa Joe could be inserted in that immediately. Absolutely. So to, so to me, if it's not going to be Miz and it's not going to be Joe, it comes down to Seth and Finn. And once again, on a, on a show where I'm thinking I don't know what's going to happen with any championship, the safe bet is to just, for me, is to continue to say Seth Rollins is going to retain a retain, retain, retain show so far, except for the the tag titles on Raw, which are up for grabs, so someone has to win those. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to pick Seth Rollins. I think the match is going to be great. Um, you know, if anything, all four of these guys are capable of just, like you said earlier, you know, stealing the show here. And it yes. probably will be the best match. It definitely has the the feelings of being the show stealer. So yeah, man, I, I just think that just continue the course. If Jeff Hardy wins, I think Seth Rollins retains. If Jeff Hardy were to lose, I might pick Samoa Joe to win the title. I, I don't know. Sure. But it depends on the order of the matches too, right? I just feel like they're not going to have two mid-card titles on the same show. So, and that, I could be wrong about that. They might throw a curveball, and I'd love to see something like that. But I think, yeah, I do think uh, Seth will retain. kind of sounds weird because I haven't said a word about Finn Balor, but his direction's weird right now. Uh, I don't know where they're going with him. So I, I'm going to go ahead and stick with the guy that I feel is probably the going to be the anchor for a little while. But with, with and unless Roman wins the Universal title, um, which could happen, uh, you know, I feel like Seth with the IC title and, it being the main title on the show, if Brock is still champ, I feel like Seth would be a good anchor for them. So I will take Seth. Okay. So, first, the reason the Miz should not win this championship and should not go anywhere near the IC title for at least the next two years is because the Miz deserves more than any human being walking that company to be in the main event, cha- be in the main event championship picture. Well, I agree with that. Yes, so I feel that him being moved to SmackDown without the title is a way for him to, I hate to use this word concerning him because what he's done the past year and a half or two years, but reestablish himself as a threat in the main event. I say that and I use this as my example for that reason. We all thought, me and you in particular, that, that, uh, Cass was gonna be, Big Cass was gonna be, uh, uh, kind of uh, introduced as the new muscle for Miz. He's not. They got nothing to do with each other. Miz is, Miz is standing on his own two feet. So, you know, I, I just, so I, I really don't want Miz anywhere near the IC title or the US title for that matter. I, he needs to focus on some standalone feuds and build himself back, not build himself back, but walk himself back to the world title picture. I'm not picking this man to win. But don't sleep on Samoa Joe winning. I'm going to tell you why. If Joe wins, I can see some way that Joe gets moved back to Raw to to continue to feud with Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've, I've read some backstage uh, rumors that Joe was moved to SmackDown to be away from Roman. I'm sure that I can convince myself that there's truth in that, but yeah, but but what's the point of that if they like they why set up anything as far as a match goes, like for backlash and even have him come out there and drag Roman on the microphone if you're just gonna turn around and move him away because you well, don't want him to be there because well I can I can answer that because the allure of backlash being so close to the to the superstar shakeup 
is that you don't know what's going to happen to backlash. Right. Right. So yeah. every feud that could that could have been going on is might be over. You know, it finishes at backlash because that person might not be on the same show as you. So that just leads to that anything could happen in the shakeup vibe. Because right. think about it, who was the most shocking person to move in the shakeup in both shows? Joe. Oh, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um. But yes, I'm with you. I feel like it's either Seth or Finn. Right. I am going to go with Finn for okay. two reasons. Number one, I uh, like you. We like you've mentioned numerous times in this entire buildup. Uh, everybody's retaining. Title got to change. But think about this: Seth and Finn have been mighty friendly over the past few months. Yeah. Even when they fought each other. They've been mighty friendly. They've been tagging with each other. They've been hanging out, you know, taking pictures together. I'm not saying Rollins is going to turn heel or not because Rollins has definitely re, he's rebuilt himself. No pun intended. Rebuild, redesign, redesign, reclaim as the legitimate, one of the legitimate top faces on the, in the company again. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. That cheer, that burn it down chat is one of the loudest things on the card. Um, but. Imagine how the dichotomy and the dynamic changes if Finn wins the title and Seth now isn't king of the hill anymore. Right. I just I think there's a there's a different dynamic that could happen because very clearly that's the feud for the title for the next few months. Yeah, and I could I I get your point because I feel like you could probably uh especially with Finn where I was discussing where his direction has felt kind of odd lately. I wouldn't say no direction, just odd. You know, yeah. like because since since he came back from the injury, you know, everything's just everything changed. And so Finn had to be kind of he was kind of like uh, the puzzle piece that you can't find a spot for. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, where the fuck does this piece go? You know, and Finn, with the talent he is, as much as I give him shit here and I like to troll people who love Finn. But, you know, I recognize once again who Finn is and how important he is to the to the roster. Um yeah, I could see that because it would be a good direction. You know, Seth, Seth has, Seth is Seth. Like he's got direction. There's all kinds of ways you can go with Seth. He's got built in stories with a returning Dean Ambrose down the road. He's got built in stories with, with returning Jason Jordan. He's still got beef with, uh, you know, Roman and all that. So yeah, there's definitely, it would be a good way to kind of get Finn in place you know, with that intercontinental title right now, get him in place. You have a good long feud with Seth, and you can kind of start moving towards other feuds for Finn. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you, man. I think that's I think it's a good prediction. Uh, so I don't have any issue with that, and you almost have me convinced to change my mind. Nope. But I will. But I will nope. stick where I'm at because I'm. A, that's how I am. I stick yes. to my predictions. And I need but, to be. I need to be better than you. But I think you made a great argument for Finn winning the title because I, I feel like he. It would be good for him. I think it's a good spot for him right now to be an IC champ. So, okay. And and it's you know, I guess uh, what is it? Uh, there was a, I can't think of the saying, but I feel like doing the same thing over and over again is is going to get a little boring between Finn and Seth. So yeah. Finn winning the title kind of puts more fire. Again, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm killing with the puns today. Uh. In, in Seth's eyes to get the title back and you know those two are going to have a great feud so yeah. yeah he'll have to go through the fire to get to the demon those kind of things ha 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 now see that's bad yeah I know it's bad that's why I said it 
This is the show of bad puns. We should title it that. And we <laughs> I don't appreciate that, sir. Okay, that's fair. All right, man. So, so far, it seems like we're on, we're agreeing on every match except for IC title. IC title. Yeah. So I know, I know we're about to start disagreeing now. Okay. Well, not in this match, but these these the the, the big matches, sure. So we got to talk about the casket match. We don't have a choice. It's on the card. Yeah. The Undertaker versus, I can't roll my tongue, but if I would, this is where the R would be, Rusev. My man, perfect. Before you say something, can I say this? Go ahead, man. How how hilarious would it be if Rusev wins? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I want it to happen. Something in me feels like it's not it's not gonna happen. No. But something in me feels like this is the perfect opportunity for like a debuting wrestler to just pop up. Maybe like the the Saudi Arabian giant Gonzalez or something. <laughs> to just pop up out of nowhere <laughs> and bury the Undertaker. It's not gonna happen. But yeah. Oh uh, yeah. This match is you know, I'll tell you what though. Because I don't I feel like when you go back to WrestleMania thirty four and the way they went about doing the Undertaker John Cena match, the match itself, yes, it was a quick squash. Uh, Two minutes and fifty seconds to John Cena being hammered. You know, he, <laughs> he um, was drunk, so they yeah, cut the so match he has early. An excuse, it's a built-in excuse. Um, you really so, trying to make scumbag Cena a real thing here? What's that? You really trying to make scumbag Cena a real thing? Yeah, he's you know he's well no because he was just drinking with his buddies in the in the crowd that's okay. Well that but then you also said that he's he wants this match in Jeddah so that Nikki can't follow him that's like true. you're that's making true. him out to be a okay. scumbag. All right, all right, all right. But so um, so I wonder like I'm wondering about this match a little bit because I'm just interested in how they'll go about it. Okay. It was the reason they did Undertaker squashing John. Because to, to keep from exposing the Undertaker, which I believe it probably was. Yeah. Undertaker being his age now and where he's at, he's an attraction. He's not someone that's going to get in there and give you 10, 15 minutes anymore. 10, 15 good minutes. Well, he'll give you 10 minutes walking to the ring, but he'll give you, you know, two minutes <laughs> wrestling. So my thought process here is assuming Undertaker is going to win, which I believe I don't think they have this match without him winning. I don't know what his record is is in casket matches, by the way. That would think be a good stat, and I wish you had done your research, but it's fine. You didn't ask um, me to. I would have done it had you asked. God. I just thought, of, well, I just thought about it now. Put me on the spot. I'm messing with you. But I think the bigger story here is Rusev getting one over on everybody because everyone thought he was out. Out the door. What does this mean for Rusev? Oh, he'll do great in New Japan. Send him to Ring of Honor. He'll be a champ immediately. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, casket match. So, I feel like, yeah, I think Undertaker's going to win. Like I said before, remember I had my Spit Your Fire rant on the first show. About this. And then it got fucked over. They nullified it by putting Jericho in there. And then the very next week, they nullified the nullification by putting him back in it. So real quick, I just want it's to reiterate: if you missed the first episode, it is an honor to be in this match with one of the greatest, if not 
the greatest WWE superstar of all time. And regardless of the outcome, you guys should all be happy for Rusev for being allowed to be in this position because it shows that they think highly of him, win or lose. Because I'm of the belief that wins, or lo- wins and losses don't really matter. So if you are of that mindset, then to me, this is a good deal. I think Undertaker's going to win fairly quickly, though. I, just, I feel like there's no way they're going to give him some extended match. So go ahead. Undertaker's 11-4 in casket matches. Don't doubt okay. me again, bitch. Hey, well, you didn't know off the top of your head. I that's did. Pretty quick. That's pretty quick research, though. I'll give you credit. That was Thank fast. you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm winning with stats, bro, you know. <laughs> um, Yeah, everything you said is absolutely right. Um, It still would be hilarious if Rusev wins this match. I'm down. Uh, <laughs> I will say this though. I want to to back to back to what you said. You realize that one of the most advertised matches on this card is Taker versus Rusev. So even if Rusev curtain jerked for the next year, he would have been one of the one of the marquee guys on this card. They clearly think something about this dude. They care about the guy. Of course they do. And he, he's continued to be in the main event matches on SmackDown, whatever you think about that. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, so has Aiden English. But, you know, you can say that if you want to. But he's been there in the middle of the main event view, AJ and Nakamura. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, Taker's winning. Um, this did, Yeah, it's just there's no way. Taker's winning. Kind of like yeah. Cena. I mean, I think it'll I think it'll get to. Eight minutes, maybe. I don't, yeah, I don't think it'll be as quick as the Cena. Yeah, it won't be a squash. It'll get to eight minutes, and I believe, I think personally, this is my opinion. I think Taker asked for Rusev. Really? I do because so I read an interview with Baron Corbin, and Corbin was like, and Corbin and Taker have a relationship. Corbin Taker sees a lot of himself in Corbin because they're both bigger dudes. They move a lot. They both they both box. You know. Corbin is a legitimate Golden Gloves winner. Right. They both like MMA. They both have darker aspects of their personality. You know, Corbin likes the undead and that type of stuff. Yeah. And they're bikers. So they got a lot in common. And Taker has helped him a lot. Taker helped him with his character and his injuries and stuff like that. And Corbin was like, I hate that he didn't ask me. I would have I would have loved to have done it. They didn't pick me. You know, I would have loved to have been the guy to fight, to fight him in the casket match. Right. Which leads me to believe that Taker chose Rusev. Okay. Plus, think about this. Uh, John Cena versus Triple H was the first match we talked about on the 10-match card, right? Yeah. Everybody's coming back for this 50-man Royal Rumble. Jericho and Mark Henry's coming out of retirement for one night. And, and uh, uh, Shane is fighting in the match. And uh, everybody. Rey Mysterio's Kurt back Angle. and all this, right? Kurt Angle, right? Why Rusev? I feel that Taker said, that kid has something. I want to give him the platform. Give me, give me Rusev or Miroslav, his real name. And yeah. if that's the case, then there's no bigger endorsement in the in the entire company than Taker saying you're the guy. Sure, that's a good point. You know, with so many opportunities, well, not so many, so many options rather mm-hmm. of guys you could have chosen for this match. Yeah, why Rusev, right? Rusev. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but it still makes me. It, it does. I still wonder about that week there where it was going to be Jericho. I don't. We don't know like what really happened, and I do wonder what happened. You know what I mean? From 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 what I've read, it was a marketing thing. I don't know if I believe that, but Jericho right. himself has admitted that he never fully had the match. They texted him like one day, then like the next day they said, "No, nah, never mind." 
That's interesting. Yeah. Now, kind of a weird thing. Sure. Now, if we're being honest and completely real about this, the match should be Taker versus Jericho because that's a marquee match. Sure. No disrespect, no disrespect, no disrespect to Rusev, but no. Chris Jericho, six-time world champ, Hall of Famer, instantly. Oh, I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. But I have, I mean, once again, I have no beef because it's cool to see. This is a match we've never seen, so it's it's cool. You know, it's something like for us. I, in a lot of ways, I feel like. This is going to sound crazy because so many people don't want Undertaker around, but in a lot of ways, I feel like this is kind of a match for us because sure, because Rusev is so popular uh-huh. and everyone loves him and they want to see him get something special that this is that special thing that this is kind of for us. Like in a lot of ways, I feel I feel that way. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, and so many people complain that like you like you said earlier about Jeff Hardy that the newer younger guys aren't being put in prominent positions. There's not much more of a prominent position than you could be. And to correct you, we don't want to see, we're not tired of seeing The Undertaker, don't want to see him. We're tired of him being Brett Favre. If okay. you're retired, be retired. If you're not, then say you're not. But don't play the game. Right. That's, that's all it is for me. That's fair. That's all it is for me. Like, if you're right. going to be here for the next five years, I'm cool with it. If right. you say, I'm going to be here the next five years, and don't tease every single match, taking your gloves off and kissing your wife and taking right. off all your, no, don't do that. Just go to the back. Right, right. And I'd be fine with it. So uh I think we should do the Royal Rumble, the greatest Royal Rumble last because uh that's kind of the name of the show. So I would imagine yes. it would be yeah well you know yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that would be the last match on the card. 50 men? That's a lot of people. So uh we got we got title matches to talk about. World title matches. Let's start with the WWE Championship match with AJ Styles as the champion versus Shinsuke Kakum. I'm sorry. Nakamura. With the he's hitting the Pin Shasha. The Pin Shasha. E C three. Boy, that's perfect. I popped so hard when I saw that earlier. Can can I gloat for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So remember all I don't want to call it the outrage, but remember all the discontent about Bobby Roode coming in as a face after being a top heel in NXT? And if you remember what I said, I said, well, you can't come in and be a real dastardly heel or effective heel when everybody sings your music. Right? Proof. Shinsuke Nakamura changed his music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right about that. So I be, I be know what I be talking about sometimes. And I yes, I had to use the Ebonics colloquialisms and by saying I be knowing what I be knowing. Well, you know, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're around, I don't talk shit about you. But when you leave... I'll be talking again. again. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Uh, but anyway, so... Shinsuke's been excellent these past two weeks, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Boy, he's, got, he's just he's on another level. Like... For those New Japan fiends, Josh in particular, and I'm only bringing up Josh. Josh, you know my boy. All love. Josh is very upset with how the match went in uh, New Orleans. Right. And a lot of people have been very, very critical of WWE. I've been critical of Shinsuke personally. But that the Shinsuke we see in WWE isn't the Shinsuke that they know from New Japan. This motherfucker been doing some New Japan shit, Shinsuke shit. Well, it's I keep it on it. They're different promotions. But go ahead. But see, but that, that but that would make too much sense. I'm just saying. Go ahead. Oh, I apologize. 
Um, but anyway, I, I bring it up. I bring it up to say this: we always know that Shinsuke has a rock star kind of capability, kind of pers- air of his personality, right? Yeah. Well, with the new music, and with his newfound love of low blows, <laughs> and his he he Shinsuke always was a character who never really gave a shit. But there's like not giving a shit and really not giving a fuck. Right. Shinsuke's reached that really not giving a fuck area. So I mean, you know, when you, whenever you walk, whenever you do, <laughs> whenever you do, just a week before a 37 minute documentary speaking perfect English, and all you said on camera since then is no speak of the English. <laughs> You know, I heard a rumor that he actually asked Vince to make a No Speaking English t-shirt. I'd buy that so fast. I would buy that so fast. And I would be willing to take the racist uh, rhetoric because I wear it. I'd be willing to because it'd be so perfect. Uh, See, for me, that might not work out so well. (laughs) You're in Fort Smith. You're you're among your people. You're fine. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I got it. (laughs) No big deal. I got got a truck, so I'm good. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm on my pickup truck. So, talk about the match. What you think? Oh, man. So, this has been, like you said, this has been, like, Nakamura has just been outstanding yeah. the last few weeks. Everything he's done has been great. The highlight and of the I, company, I would argue. What's that? The highlight of the company post-WrestleMania, I would argue. Yeah, and it's crazy, you know, considering where he was and, and how we had kind of been critical, you you especially, and not, not yes. that I haven't been. And I'm only critical, I would like to mention, because I've seen him in New Japan. Right. So I know what he's capable of. You haven't. I have. So he's, you know, knowing what we know about how it started when he first came into WWE and all that, it really just kind of goes to show that sometimes certain guys need certain directions. And, you know, Shinsuke, for whatever reason, you know, he, he kind of... I'm not saying he coasted, but I'm kind of saying it. No, he coasted. Like, he coasted off yeah. of that wave of love he got from New Japan coming over to NXT, which is, you know, a show that has its own like almost. It's like a glorified indie. It's, it's a glorified indie. It's a right. it's a a fully funded corporate indie. So he was able to kind of to kind of coast off of that wave for a while, and then. It just felt like he just kind of died a little bit. And you could attribute that to feuds with Jinder Mahal, feuds with Baron Corbin, uh, even Dolph. feuds with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. yeah, like you can attribute it to that because there were moments when he had good matches. He had a good match with John Cena uh, on a SmackDown. He's, he's had some moments. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like – this is just a totally new and unique and great thing for him. And, you know, like I said before, the thing I love about it, and I, I, I put this out, is that, you know, a lot of people are like, why does he keep low-blowing AJ Styles? Like, why the low-blow every single time? And I keep saying, well, obviously, it's because AJ keeps spawning little Republicans, and he's tired of it. Oh, that. shut up. So, <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> anyways, anyways, got to get my jokes off here on the Outsider's Edge. But oh man, that was good. This is this once again though. This is another match. I feel like you talked about we could start disagreeing. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know if we're gonna disagree or not. I'm not 100 percent sure because I, I 
I almost feel like Shinsuke is going to win the title. Almost or you do? <sighs> Man, I do. I'm going I'm to go ahead and I'm going to make the prediction. I think Shinsuke is going to win the title. I just, I, uh, something tells me, I got this feeling that currently, right now, they got to continue this feud. And this feud. Oh, absolutely. Does not, to me, this feud is pointless if AJ wins again because AJ won at Mania. He wins here. It's like, okay, you can low blow me all you want. You still can't beat me when the bell rings. But can I disagree with you? You can disagree, yeah. Can I tell you why? I mean, can I tell you why? Because AJ's character is one that has shown that he can be vindictive. AJ just, sometimes just doesn't want to beat you. Sometimes AJ just wants respect and to get uh, retribution. And if you saw what Shinsuke did to his best friend Carl Anderson last yeah, this Tuesday, AJ gonna be out for blood. And even if Shinsuke loses for by disqualification or he gets pinned, if Shinsuke comes back behind and hits him with the Kinshasa one more time or the Kinshasa, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that, I'm telling you, AJ is gonna be. T- it's, it's gonna remind me of uh, the, of the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens feud in NXT where Sami. The champion was like, I don't care what I got to do to get him. I want him. You know? Um, but, and for the record, I also want to, you you joked about it, but people really wonder why he keeps doing low blows. Guys, clearly, is because Shinsuke was a super face. He got to do something to get you to, to boo him. That's true, yeah. What's the most dastardly thing one man can do to another man in a wrestling ring? Hit him right in the world of Slim Don't Shine. And we're not talking about the shoes. <laughs> um, damn, I had. So, if you guys haven't caught it by now, clearly Carl and I are cut from the same cloth because we think exactly the same. Because I, I said Shinsuke was going to win this match the second I knew that it would be booked. I feel like this is Shinsuke's moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I and you know, it's kind of weird because we've got these got this next match that we're going to talk about and if you remember at wrestlemania there was a lot of retaining going on for them for the two top titles and now we're in the discussions of are those two titles going to change hands what three weeks later yeah at, a, at another pay-per-view and so it's just kind of interesting how this is all kind of rolling because they can't just have this 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 pay-per-view or this event as i like to call it network mm-hmm. event they can't mm-hmm. just have this and just have everyone retaining titles it's just they can they can, but it just seems so artificial. Like, if you're making such a big hurrah about this, we're going to need something kind of crazy to happen. You would hope. You would you hope. Know, if they're going to make me get up at 11 a.m., you know, I'm already awake. But they're gonna make you're me not going to watch it. Not not live. No. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll miss the first hour. Hour and 15. I might miss the pre-show. So, but I mean, if you're, if you're going to make people in the States get up and watch this and yeah, it's all about us here in America. If you're going to make us get up and watch this, <laughs> like we're going to need to see some shit. Cause I don't want to sit here for six hours watching a show where everything happens the way we think it is, you know? So that, that's kind of why this, these last three matches are so interesting, but yeah, can we're I, kind of on the same page. Can I also say this? No. Well, okay. So next match. No, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I also want to point out to my friends on the other side of the pond, um, all my British friends and Irish friends for those who aren't from Britain. Um, I feel like this also is a, for all the reasons we've talked about before, yes, 
but I feel like it's also is a conduit as a uh, or a test to see can a big four pay per view be held in a different country and get right. numbers at at the time slot because very very clearly and honestly very understandably the UK wants and deserves a pay per view especially a big four a SummerSlam sure. a Survivor Series a Royal Rumble a WrestleMania hopefully which I I think I uh. I think I said that they would have one. They'd have WrestleMania 40. I think was what was what I predicted, and I stand by that. Five years from now, but uh, or six years from now. But anyway, I just want to put that in you guys' minds because if this goes off as they plan, then there's no real reason why they can't do a pay per view in a different country. And I also think it, it. You make a good point because consider the time slot for us over here in America, right? Mm-hmm. Eleven. Uh, yeah, 11 Eastern here, uh, 12 o'clock on the East Coast, 9 o'clock on the West Coast, right? Yes. We are uh, six, seven hours behind, like, England, London. We're, we're, we're five hours five hours behind London, six hours behind where Ricky and Clive stay in Scotland, but right. yes. So think about that, but that's about the time a WrestleMania starts here. It's going to yep. be the exact time that this starts this greatest world rebel starts and that it leads into your, it, you know, it backs off your point there that if people over here, they get, if the, in the United States, they get big numbers, mm-hmm. good numbers for this show. Mm-hmm. It shows that WWE could take WrestleMania or another big four overseas. And our asses are still going to watch it at 11 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. And they're going to get it at the exact time instead of having to wait till three o'clock in the morning to watch. Yes. A live pay-per-view. And the beauty of the network is, let's say you run it at 10, run it from 10 to 4, you could start, you could just replay it at the normal time it would normally come on any other any other year. Right. So if you missed it, you could just run the replay, and while there'll be spoilers, it's not going to be like Impact spoilers where they do a month and a half, and you know, no, it's going to be sure. just a few a few hours. Just want to throw that out there. Um, I think I did that because I really. Really don't want to talk about Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns and the look. I, I don't. I don't hate the few like like y'all do. I don't. I but the few that hate Brock Lesnar. Sure, I don't hate Brock like you do. Oh, but man. the reason I'm down on this match is because it's a steel cage match, and steel cage screams house show to me. It should have been a Hell in a Cell match, but I feel like they wouldn't do that because of the word Hill. I think they're not doing it because. We need an out for Roman to escape a cage without having to pin Brock Lesnar. Which is, again, another conduit for problems with why people don't like Roman. Yeah. Like, let him beat the guy. Like, he can't get it done. Kind like, of he thing. can't get it. Like, you're booking him that he can't get it done. Bra- Braun Strowman beats five guys in the Legion Chamber, and then Roman beats the one guy who beat the rest of the guys. He doesn't look tough. He looks like he's weak. You know? Which is, and again, I know he's not. I'm one of the bigger Roman supporters on the internet. You are too, to a certain extent. So, stop making him look like he's weak. Let him be Brock, or don't let him be Brock. Which, I will say this before you even start, Brock's retaining. I agree. God damn it! God! I say he was retaining, because I knew you would say he was going to lose. So, God! I agree. Have we we've disagreed on one match so far. One match, and we and both and we, and you said you ag- actually agree with me when you think about it. You just yeah. talked before I did. 
So yeah, I do. I agree. Like I just don't. First of all, if Roman wins the title, he's gonna walk into backlash defending against Joe. They're trying to keep Joe and Roman away from each other. But that'd be like, a fire if, ass ch- fire ass match though. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I don't like once again. I told you I have no interest in Brock Lesnar as a Universal Champion at this time. But because I don't feel like they've chosen Roman as the guy to dethrone him, the only thing I can think in my head is, well, they took the tag titles off of Braun Strowman for that one moment. Yeah. Braun's still on Raw. I feel like the audible is go back to Braun. And that's, Should once be. again, like this is just me thinking. I think Braun's going to be the one to take it off Brock. I don't know when. Probably SummerSlam. I don't, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm so tired of talking about this fucking feud and Brock Lesnar but with that being said yeah I'm, I'm with you man I don't think Roman's gonna win this match I just don't I don't we're in the age of emo Roman as I've said before you know next on Monday he's gonna show up with black fingernails and shut up he, Roman's gonna go goth <laughs> yeah so he's gonna he's, his new interest music is gonna be the boulevard of broken dreams by I'm on this lonely road <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I will. I'll be here for it though. Me too. I'm ready. Roman and Alistair Black are gonna team together. <laughs> yeah, they'll. It still won't work. It still won't work. They they're gonna boo. Al- they're gonna boo Roman. They're gonna boo Alistair. And Alistair's like the most over guy. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I'm telling you. I, yeah, that's all I got in this match, man. I'm just yeah. Brock wins. Woohoo! Would Would it make you feel better if instead of Roman being the guy to escape? Brock escapes from Roman after Roman's beating his ass the whole match? No, not really. It's going to piss no. me off. Well, no, no. No, I mean, I know at the end of the day, you're gonna, you don't want him to retain anyway. But would it, I'm saying, would it make Roman look better if the stipulation we all expect for, to help Roman actually helps Brock? Because the prevailing theory between their, their feud the entire time, going back to 31, was Brock don't respect Roman. Every time they fight, Brock beats the fuck out of Roman. All of this, yeah. right? What if what if what if Roman fires up and his gets that Samoan fire and is beating the holy hell, no pun intended, Saudi Arabia, out of Brock and Brock trying to sneak out and sneaks out, even with bloody and all this, and sneaks out of the ring while Roman's beating his ass. That, I think yeah, that, that would make him look better. That would be better than Brock just whooping his ass in the cage. I'll give you that. What I would like to see is, I I, I hate to go to it, but a, but a TNA moment when Rhino and lockdown six six sides of steel, Rhino speared Christian Cage through the uh through the side of the cage and he rolled out and won the match. Okay. Yeah. So I'd like to see Roman spear him through the cage, cage break, and Brock rolls out and wins the match because he escaped the cage first. Well, you could also do it Booker T, Vince Russo style. Oh, when he opens the box and, the, and, the, and it falls out? Before. Yeah. So, there's, there's, there's lots of ways to do that. But yeah, I, I still, once again, Brock wins, LOL. Will uh, you care about the match? Will I care about it? In any way, in any way form, or shape, or capacity? Uh, Not really, no. Okay. I'll watch I could it. talk. I'll watch it. Is that, if that counts as caring, okay. I mean, I, I like WWE, so I'll watch the match, but I have no expectation. Um, And 
while Braun should be the guy to get it, I just feel like they're gonna go full, 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 uh, full on with Lashley. Lashley and Braun been teaming a lot and been pretty chummy. I feel like something's gonna happen there. And I'm not against a Lashley Braun feud. I'm not against that. With Lashley playing the heel. Lashley's interesting. You know, that's kind of. More interesting than he's ever been, yeah. Yeah, and I, it's kind of weird because when he came back at the other when we talked about this uh, before, I was like, eh, about it. But I feel like they kind of they immediately put him in an interesting position mm-hmm. to to make him interesting. That they did it the right way. Like they didn't just say, okay, here's Bobby Lashley, go cheer for him. It was yeah. like, okay, we're gonna tag him up with basically the most over guy on the roster right now, and kind of see how that works. And you know, it's it's. It's kind of got that, and I'm not trying to. I know you hate Natty, but it's kind of got that potential Ronda Natty thing. Where it's I like, hate Natty, but that feud that's that's a perfect pairing. Yes, right. But like they get along, right? They're getting along. Um. So yeah, the, you know, it's not the same exact thing, but in you know to some degree, there's sure. some comparison there. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that could be a good. That could be cool. Uh. So there's a lot of ways, and that would be a good way to build Lashley up as a contender if yes. you were able to get over on Braun. You know, because you know, very few people have been able to. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's that. Um, that universal title scene, man. That I just don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't think they know. So, we have come to the marquee event, the marquee match of the marquee event, the marquee moment of all the marquee-ness and stuff. The 50-man Royal Rumble match. Marqueeception. The Yeah, there you go. And I'm going to name the people announced for the match so far. <laughs> it's only like 26 I hope, people. I hope you announce like 50 people. I'll be like, damn, they announced everybody? Okay, go ahead. I'll, I can make up some people if you want me to. IRS, the Goblin Gooker, Minotaur, <laughs> Damien Demento. I can keep going if you want. Um, the Goon. Um, but no, um, so SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon, Raw General Manager Kurt Angle, Daniel Bryan, Braun Strowman, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, the the immortal Great Khali, <laughs> oh. Elias, Kevin Owens. Uh, I believe Sami Zayn was announced too, but you know, Syria, Saudi Arabia, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, Baron Corbin, Big E, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, Apollo Cruz, Titus O'Neil. Sheldon Benjamin, Chad Gable, Sin Cara, Goldust, Mojo Rawley, who is legitimately Middle Eastern, and Dolph Ziggler. That is all announced so far. With Dolph being announced, I'm sure Drew will be in it too. But, yeah. So, first and foremost, how do you feel about them not having a real, uh, a real reason to win this thing, other than a nice trophy? How do you feel about that? Uh... I think I'm I'm fine with the trophy part of it. Yeah, the trophy's beautiful. Yeah, but I do think they should I I do think they should attach a little something to it. Not even a little something. Think about that like this, okay? Now I get it. You just had a 30-man Royal Rumble a couple months ago that gave you a world title shot. But now you're saying, "All right. So you outlasted 49 men this time instead of 29." His now trophy. You, yeah, here's your trophy like no title <laughs> shot. Like to me that that's asinine. Like unless so, they're gonna unless they're gonna use it as like a vehicle to be like, 
okay, so I beat 49 other guys. I won this fuck, and all I got was this stupid trophy. Like, <laughs> really? So like, let me ask you this: Would you yeah. rather? Would you rather the winner get? And this is this is if you're the book, if you got the book, would you rather the winner get a world title match at SummerSlam, say maybe? Okay. Or would you rather the winner get the number 30 position in the Royal Rumble next year? I would rather the winner get a title shot. See, I'd rather the winner get the number 30 position because you're using the this Royal Rumble to build the actual Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good yeah, I like that idea, but I think I'm trying to think of it like from the wrestler standpoint. If you are a wrestler, why would you why like now if the company just that's their idea and that's the way they want to do it. Yeah, but yeah. like if you're a wrestler, if you had your choice between oh, yeah. 50 man and taking a title shot or winning a 50 man and getting number 30 next year, it's like, well, I just want a fucking Royal Rumble. So yeah. Actually, before we get, go on with this, any idea? Are they do? How are they doing this exactly? Like, I know they're not sticking everybody in the ring at the same time. No, it's a real Royal Rumble. They're coming in like the Royal Rumble. I'm yeah, sure it's yeah. not going to be 90 second intervals. It might be a little less than that, but yeah, real Royal Rumble. Okay. I'm really looking forward to that because I love Royal Rumbles. So, I do too, man. But Jesus Christ, I'm gonna take a nap in the middle and it'll still be like an hour left. Well, I think there's gonna be some cool surprises probably, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. You know. Kenny Omega is going to be in the in the Grizzly Rumble. You heard it here first. <laughs> sure. Kazuchika Okada is defending the New Japan World Championship. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping Flip Gordon shows up because he can't get booked for All In. So yeah, so might as well get booked for Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. would it not be cool though if if they? Of course they're going to have some NXT guys and you know more WWE guys that's not booked. But would it not be cool if they booked like some some top end indie guys who aren't signed like? What if Keith Lee showed up in this thing? Like that would be really or, cool. Well, uh, what was the other one? Walter. Yeah, but Walter isn't quite signed yet. Walter just beat Keith Lee for the PWG World Title. That's true. Yeah, so I, I don't see Walter coming right now. Maybe a few months down the road. Um, right. But maybe uh, I'd like to see the whole ring, ring camp group come as a group. You know, him, Tim Thatcher. Didn't they sign? Um... A Middle Eastern wrestler recently to the Performance Center. Now they signed a female. Not yeah, but she wasn't from Saudi Arabia. She was from okay. Jordan. Okay. All right. So uh, I just but, want to make sure my geography isn't always perfect there. Sure. But I mean, you're not far off. Yeah. But to add to, to to your point, they did a tryout. They did three like three or four days worth of tryouts, and them boys right, went through that. like hell. And I think eight people made it and got signed, and one of those people. Maybe all of them, but definitely one of them will be in the Grizz Royal Rumble. That's awesome. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So that'll be an opportunity for the home t- the hometown hero kind of thing. And yes. hopefully he gets whoever that person is gets a good showing. It's you should have saw the video of you know Mojo Rawley's name is Dean Mutati. Mojo is I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think he's Saudi. I want to say he's definitely of Middle Eastern descent. I don't know what country his people his his ancestors from where his people are from but when you know mojo was learning how to speak arabic so when he was greeting the guys he was speaking a little arabic and I, it was the cutest thing to me because we look at mojo like this overgrown idiot we forget mojo has a phd you yeah. know he's, <laughs> he's smarter than all of us yes so yeah um so I think the favorites are, as of as we know, are definitely Daniel Bryan, 
Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, and I'm going to say just because of who he is and he always ends, and Rey Mysterio is, will be up there. And because he always ends to find, always ends up finding themselves in ways to be a lot more relevant than he probably ends, probably is being booked to be, Kevin Owens. So those are my five favorites right now. Okay. Do you disagree with that? Uh. Based on what we know. Not really. No. I, well, I don't know if I would. Uh, Mojo Jericho, will have a good showing so because. Good rumbles, maybe. Who? Jericho, because he's so good in the Rumble, usually. I guess that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's... I can tell you this. Whoever wins this thing is not going to be some random dude. It's going to be one of the top stars in the company. Right. Well, I could also see Bobby Lashley making an impact in this. If he hasn't there. been announced for it, but I'm sure he'll be in it, yes. Right. Uh, even Elias potentially no. could make an impact. Don't see it. Um, so, yeah, I think you're. I think you're pretty spot on with your with your favorites, though. So you gotta make a prediction then. Who you got? I do have to make a prediction. Um, I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna predict Braun. I know it's so, an easy choice, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with that. It just it's the greatest Royal Rumble, right? It's 50 guys. Yeah. I'll take Braun. So I was going to take Braun, and then I sat down. and I thought about it. Okay. You know how WWE can get can get some goodwill with fans. What if they book Daniel Bryan to win this? And he ain't got to win the real one now because he won the greatest of all time. Yeah. I There's no I mean, no title yeah. shot, no right. no ramifications, but he won it and he got the trophy. WWE <laughs> be, be trolling. I feel like Big Cass is going to eliminate him. I kind of see. Or Miz. Miss is oh well yeah you know I didn't think that the guys who wrestled earlier might be back in the match so yeah good yeah point. I would imagine they're gonna have to be some of most them. of them sure so um <laughs> I, I, that, maybe that's the perfect way to like because Daniel Bryan wants to punch Miz in the face right that's the perfect way to like they get a confrontation or not even a confrontation but Miz sneaks up on him and gets rid of Daniel Bryan Mobile yeah Heat and Miz is one of the guys that could get away with that because oh yeah of how he is with the crowd so there, there's like a but yeah, I mean, I could see Daniel Bryan win it, but I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think they're gonna let us have it, man. I don't. Not but us, but see, I, but I think they'll let him have this one because uh, essentially it means absolutely nothing. Right. So this will be the one to give him, right? Gets more people off. <laughs> well, so as we're about to talk about, they've done that enough with this card. Yes, they have. So uh, we might as well just move on in because it's you know it's. You know, sun's starting to set, so it's time for some fire to be spit. Uh, we're both going to jump on this, but I would like for Carlton to uh, get it started, if he doesn't mind. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so this this whole thing is, is kind of interesting because we've, um, you know, one thing, if you've noticed, if you unless you're living under a rock, you probably know by now that this card features exactly zero women. Uh, and a lot of that is culturally based. Uh, that, that's that's the reason for this. Um, women's rights in Saudi Arabia are trash, for lack of a better word. Uh, I believe just recently they allowed women to start driving. So yes. that's, that's um, you know, baby steps. And mm-hmm. if you live here in America, sometimes you don't really 
a lot of times we kind of take for granted what we do have here. And one thing we can say for sure is that it's not perfect for women over here, but it's a lot damn better than it is over there. Uh, and unfortunately, it lends itself to some arguments um, from a business perspective. Should WWE take the money and go over there and do this, knowing that they're in the middle of what people deem as a women's revolution? Um, you know, and what, what's the stigma here? Like, what, what's the lasting stigma? If you go over there and take the money and run, or even really on a long-term deal here, this is a long-term thing. Um, what does that say about your thoughts on your own women in the company that can't even be a part of this? Uh, and then there's the other side with Triple H, who spoke recently about, and you had alluded to last week, I believe it was. I said it first. No, I don't yeah. think I credit, but I said it first. Yeah, um, I just gave you credit, so you said it last week. Oh, but, you did, huh, just now. Thank you. Yeah, there's a way for them, is there a way here for them to affect change in a country that is slowly but surely moving in the in what we hope is the right direction? And as we all know, as we've said before, as you said last week, change takes time. These aren't things that happen overnight. Um, but we've seen perspectives, and you might have more about that, but we've seen perspectives from people from that side of the pond and their thoughts on this whole thing. So there's people who have more educated um, perspectives. Yeah. Perspective than a lot of us do. And it's not, I, I don't think it's fair to start throwing stuff at the wall, hoping it'll stick and trying to sound like we're for lack of a better term, woke to everything. Like we think we are when in reality, we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things we don't know about their culture um, and I'm not trying to be a jerk here but there's a lot of us who might not even be able to point Saudi Arabia on a map so or definitely don't know the capital right so let's just kind of pump the brakes I'm not telling you how to think or feel I understand if you feel frustrated about you know the lack of women being on this card I do get that that makes a lot of sense I mean you're talking to a guy who's married with two daughters so women's rights matter to me but there is at you know i don't want to get too much into the ethics part of this because there is a case to be made if you've ever opened up the textbook for business ethics that do businesses even really have a responsibility to worry about social rights and things like that that is an actual framework in a, in a textbook you can find on a college campus so there's a lot of theories and a lot of things out there so we need to kind of consider some of those things before we just start saying what we have to say without maybe necessarily having all the facts. Um, anyways, I'll hand it over to you because I know you've got something you want to say. Um, yeah, I have. I want to cite some uh, very poignant and uh, illuminating uh, columns and articles, if you, if not. But um, I had this conversation with Ricky and Clive earlier before they recorded their episode that just dropped today. And for the record, Ricky is of Pakistani heritage and is Muslim. So Ricky has, a, I think, a better perspective of this than most of us talking. Now, Ricky was born in Scotland. He wasn't born in Pakistan. But um, the one thing he preached very, very – he had a, like a 25-minute – I don't even call it a rant because it was all truth and wonderful to hear – but 25-minute diatribe, if you will, on it, 
And the one thing that I think we all need to take away from this is what Saudi Arabia is doing as a country, Sharia law, if you will, is not a, a is not Islam. It's not Islamic. It's not a Muslim thing. It's a cultural thing. Right. That is the country of Saudi Arabia, which is why so many of the Emirates started the United Arab Emirates. You know, you can in, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you can right. wear a bikini and you could go swimming and you could as a woman, you could do things, you know. Um, but first, first thing I want to cite is uh, I'm assuming a young man from uh, Saudi Arabia wrote a very, very uh, impassioned and illuminating, uh, use the word again, uh, post on Reddit earlier. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to try to be as fast as I can because it's not super long, but it's not short. Hello, everyone. First of all, I want you to know that I'm not writing this post to be hostile at all. I just wanted to clarify some things for everyone and clear the air a little bit since it's been very negative lately in the sub or, you know, the forum, if you will. First of all, I know some of you think that the greatest Royal Rumble is propaganda and it's only being held in my country, Saudi Arabia, because the Saudi royal family wants to sell a view of modernization of Saudi Arabia. And I understand where you're coming from. However, the country is changing. The culture is changing a lot in the last two years, and it's all because of our young prince that wants to give the will to the younger generation to shape our society the way they want, which I believe we've needed since forever. Believe it or not, two years ago, we had no form of public entertainment at all. We had no concerts, no movie theaters, no Comic Con, no entertainment events of any kind, and no wrestling shows that are advertised publicly because of our country's reputation. But now, we have all of those. And many of those events don't even segregate between men and women. I personally didn't even think for a second this day would come while I was still alive. Saudi Arabia consists of more than 30 million people. 70% of those people are under the age of 30. And you know what? I guarantee you most of those young Saudis are more or less open-minded and want to be normal compared to the old generation that planted this conservative cancer into our society. But believe me, we are taking the wheel and the country is changing. Regarding women's rights, you might not know, but Saudi Arabia is pushing for women's rights these last two years and has been supporting the role of women publicly. Women will drive for the first time this June. And and a while ago, the king issued a decree where he established a law against sexual harassment for the first time in Saudi history. For For the LGBT community, however, they're not very lucky. I personally support them, and many people in Saudi, especially the young ones, support them as well. We can't talk about it in the public out of fear because, you know, there is no freedom of speech and there is no freedom of speech in Saudi Arabia and we can be jailed for for words spoken. What I am trying to say is think about this greatest Royal Rumble event as a step towards the right direction for my country. We've been waiting for so long to be normal, to be like you guys and to enjoy life like you do. We always wanted entertainment and we finally got it and we feel so lucky. It's like a dream coming true. And I assure you, women will wrestle in Saudi Arabia one day. But we have to be patient. Saudi Arabia is changing, but it takes time. And even if WWE decided not to hold this show in Saudi Arabia, it wouldn't help. At least holding it with all the flaws present gives us hope and takes us in the right direction. Sorry for the long post. I just had to take all of this off of my chest and to let you guys know that even if our laws and government is flawed in your eyes, we... 
the people are much, much more open-minded and moderate. Most of us are. Peace. Yeah, I read that earlier today, and I've, I've really kind of opened my eyes a little bit because a lot of times, you know, from from where we are, we don't. It's hard to understand what another country, another culture deals with. So we need those perspectives. Yep. And I'm sure there's probably someone in Saudi Arabia that could give us the opposite perspective. Sure. Just like there's someone right here that isn't us that could give us the opposite perspective. But I do encourage people, you know, when you before you jump on these topics to kind of try and find some challenge your own opinions. Samoa Joe put a post about this the other day about challenging your own opinions, having conversations with people who disagree with you. You know, you don't have to come around and be different and decide, oh, yeah, I agree with that person. But you can at least get a, a new, a fresh perspective, whether it sounds ridiculous or whatever, but at least hear people out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a really strong piece of advice, you know, because if you just sit around and just think of it from your own way and just listen to people who agree with you 24 seven, you're never going to get anywhere. And so which is what we do as politically, which what we all do here. Right. So I, th I just feel like that's a really good, it's a good post and it, it makes a lot of sense. And I hope the people that listen to this show and have, that have already read it actually take it to heart when you're trying to consider what's happening here on Friday, I think, I think it's very important. So, um, I, I want to say, I applaud that young man. I'm assuming it's a man, um, for that post because, uh, while it's honest, honesty isn't always popular, especially in a internet setting where everybody has a hot take, but doesn't have to stand behind what they say. Right. Um, which is a big problem I have with a lot of things. Fans in general, a lot of people say things, but when they it's time to live up to it, they don't they're not there. They just say things to say things. They say incendiary things or make jokes of every single thing, but they have no true background of what they're talking about. They have no true uh history of knowledge about what they're talking about. They're just saying it, rushing to judgment. Um but I also want to point out um the implications from Lords of Pain put out a very, very researched column earlier today speaking about the situation. And um, I advise all of you to check that out because when I say that that's the best written column I've read on the entire situation, I've read a lot. It's absolutely the best. Um, so, yes, we will be on the record of saying that women deserve every single right than men do in any country. Correct. We even need to go in even further and say that everybody deserves every single right, whether you're straight, gay, Christian, Muslim, atheist, uh, transgender, whatever you are. Correct. All humans, we all deserve the same inherent rights. Right? But yeah. far be it for us as people, as a country, to go into another country and demand them live to what we do. Right. We can't dictate what other places do. You cannot. And that's a problem we have as a country. A lot of the times I hate to get political. I'm not going to any further than this, but we, you know, we tend to think that we run the world. So what we do is king. But I well, guarantee it's just, you, it's just kind of the general mindset that, you know, because we do it differently here, other places should do it the same way. And if they're absolutely. not going to, if they're not going to, then we should stay away from them, which 
really it's a little isolationist very isolationist you know where it's like okay well you guys do you and so we're just gonna back off and as a good friend of ours uh had pointed out the other day uh robert daniels shout out yes um if you're gonna start boycotting, a former veteran by the way yeah absolutely who spent some time in the middle east if you're going to start boycotting wwe boy go take a look you're gonna be boycotting a lot of other things mcdonald's kfc companies and the other thing is a lot of these a lot of companies that you might not even think about are owned by a larger conglomerate type of company and it's the list just goes on and on and on and on all the places that you shop at or eat at or whatever Mm -hmm. on a daily basis so you know just something to think about something to chew on i guess right like if you and I were to fly to Japan right now and to go to somebody's house, we're not walking in there with shoes because that's <laughs> not what they do. Right. Right. There are there are cultural differences. And when you do business in a different country, you if you don't follow those things, you're considered rude or wrong or whatever the case may be. Sure. Like when they come to our country, we expect them to act a certain way as well. It's no different. Right. How many countries are there where when people shake hands, it's considered disrespectful? Right. But when they come to America, you're shaking hands, looking at eyes. Um, one more thing I wanted to, wanted to point on before we go any further, and I don't, I don't want to continue to to kind of pound on him because you know I love him, he's our little brother. But Caleb posted a tweet that really kind of set me off, where he said something to the order of, it was extremely definitive when he said it that the WWE is not, cannot, or will not lead to change in the country of Saudi Arabia. And I thought that that was one of the most ignorant statements I've ever read. Because, and I say that, I'm a black man in America. There was a time, not too long ago, that I couldn't talk to you right now, right? Yeah. You know what was one of the major catalysts in changing people's thought processes about race? Athletes. Yeah. Right? Sure. How many people watched watched black athletes, Jackie, uh, Jackie Robinson being one uh bill russell being one of the original ones but so many black athletes while they still got hell their entire careers yes i'm not i'm not taking that away jesse owens you know they still caught hell for all their careers but so many people watched them they were catalysts catalysts because so many people watched them and eventually their greatness transcended to where for that three hours they watched that game i'm a root for that kid i hate him because he's black but that boy sure can't play some ball you have to start changing the minds, right? You I can't agree. just yeah. you can't just rip the bandaid off automatically and say it's healed. You gonna start bleeding again. And here's let's the start thing. changing he, the minds. Let's just say, for instance, that even if they couldn't do a damn thing and they cannot and will not, whatever, far be it from any of us to tell them that they shouldn't give it a crack at it. Right. I mean, they're wrong for trying. Right, and, and and a lot of people will say, well, they're not actually trying, they're just in it for a buck, and that's fine. If that's your opinion, that's your opinion. I'm not going to sit here and sit down and try and have an argument with you because obviously you're not going to change your mind. I choose to, in this scenario, I choose to look for the better the better side of it. I'm just going to do that this time. When they've come out and said it. In the current climate we're in right now where everyone's negative and pissed off all the time, I'm going to take a different approach for once. So yeah. that's just where I'm at here. Same here. We need to stop treating WWE like like they're the devil. Like everything they do is always for you know. Gail Kim came out 
about a week or so ago and said that the women's revolution could have happened a lot sooner. Well, no fucking duh. Yes, it could have, but it's here now. Be happy. Yeah. Like, you know, like this revisionist history, like we, we, this society isn't happy. Things, things are happening anymore. Like, like I said in the last uh, pod we had, we don't, we don't want, if, if we can't have change right now, we don't want it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like nothing real change overnight, and like the this same thing with like civil rights, right? Those things could have happened a long ass time ago before they did. All those things could have happened before if we four hundred years of oppression, bro. The way yes, we were. I mean, it's just things move the way they move, you know. And it's There's... okay to be upset while it's happening, you know, and want it to change quickly, but it's not fair to just be like, when it does happen, it's not fair to be like, oh well, why didn't it happen sooner? There's Shit. this. There's like, this major thing that happened called the Middle Passage that is pretty much the reason I'm here in America right now. Yeah, <laughs> could have been a, this could have been happened a little sooner. Yes. Right. So, so you know, here but, we are. Right? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh. We we could talk about this much longer, but I don't want to turn this like Ricky and Clive said. They didn't want to turn it into the Ricky and Clive socio and economical show. We don't want to talk this into the Outsider's Edge politics show. But, uh, yeah, right. But think about it. Be consistent. Think about it. And I don't want to change your minds. I want to open your minds. Oh, boy. That was deep. Yeah, give him the red pill, brother. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Neo. Um, With that being said, uh, you got anything else? Or you want to get out of here? I think it's time to go. I think we covered all bases here. Okay. Uh, well, we killed it. We killed it as usual. Oh yeah, excellent, excellent episode. Yeah, I'm gonna rate this six stars, Tokyo Dome style. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're well, we're in America still, so I don't know. I don't know if we can go that far. Does Jetta count as like five and a half? Since it's closer to the Tokyo Dome than America? I mm, I don't know, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how about four point seven five? And we'll just call it a night. Wait a minute. They use the metric system, right? I can't do all that math. Come on. <laughs> this is this is this is America, man. Nobody said I had to learn any other kind of math. Just the ones we know over here. <laughs> all right, man. Go ahead, plug your stuff, man. Uh, just hit me up on Twitter at outsider curvin k e r v i n. Um, I'll troll you. I'll mess with you, but I'm always down for a good discussion. So. That's it. That's where you're going to find me. Thanks for listening, as always. You can find your boy at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in Dollars. Uh, I also do a morning show every morning with Jordan Fox at Fox the Podcast. You can find us at the World Class Pod. World Class Podcast, sponsored by the Imperial Wrestling Revolution. Your boy got a sponsor, a real sponsor. Oh, yeah. I want one. Well, we, well, we're gonna get it. Maybe we need to call some of these Saudi Arabia countries, uh, companies and get sponsored by them. I'm down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Excuse me. I, I'm definitely for the almighty dollar, man. I got bills to pay. I'm not a billionaire. Let's go. Hell yeah. Um, I'll, don't forget to follow the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hit us up at socialsuplex.com. Follow us wherever you get, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify, Google Play. Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, which is what we host our podcast on. One Nation Radio is at One Nation Radio. The Wrestling Watch with Caleb is at Wrestling Watch SS. 
Ricky and Clive at Ricky and Clive, keeping a strong style, KI strong style. Follow the click. We have great, great content for you. Very diverse content. You got some of everything. We're the best, but everybody else is good too. Word. Um, and yeah, with that being said, man, we appreciate it, y'all. Take it easy.